Hi everyone, Lee Arnold here with another edition of Country Music Conversations. Our podcast guest today is Dwight Yoakam, a man of many talents. Singer, songwriter, actor, even film director. But before we start this conversation, here are a few words from our sponsor. Country Music Conversations with Lee Arnold's podcast is made possible by our sponsor, MarketSmith, Inc., the digital media agency that's been growing brands like Toomey, Shark Ninja, New Jersey Lottery, PSE&G, Blue Mercury Cosmetics, and Dick Sporting Goods. You know what makes this agency so good at what they do? Because simply being a marketing agency is no longer enough. Solution-based, problem-solving, and ever-evolving, they create enduring value for DTC and B2B brands by opening up and growing marketing channels. Their patented AI offerings, informed by human intelligence, allow them to act with agility and intellect. I was speaking with the CEO not too long ago, and she was saying they take on clients who know who they are, who want to grow, and clients that know what they want. These big brands choose MarketSmith because they want to merge with a partner who'll make them exceptional and an agency that will grow their revenue. Digital marketing is not easy, but MarketSmith Inc. knows when to make the media dollars work hard for their clients. You have a brand you want to grow? Well, contact MarketSmith.com and tell them Lee Arnold sent you. He got his first attention in 1986 when he released his first album, Guitars, Cadillacs, Etc., Etc. He had considerable success with Reprise Records in the 1980s with a total of 10 studio albums. He had a great start with his first three albums. They reached the number one spot on the Billboard charts. In his career, he's won two Grammy Awards and one Academy of Country Music Award. Dwight's musical style draws from a wide variety of influences, which include traditional country, the Bakersfield sound, bluegrass, country rock, and even rockabilly. He's known for his distinctive tenor voice, unconventional musical image, and also the lead guitar work of his longtime producer and bandleader, Pete Anderson. And who could forget his ripped jeans? He's written most of his own material, while also having great success with cover songs. Artists he's covered include Johnny Horton, Elvis Presley, Lefty Brazil, and even Queen. He's collaborated with John Mellencamp, Katie Lang, Ralph Stanley, and Alison Krauss in Union Station. Dwight has also been in demand as an actor, and he's appeared in movies like Red Rock West, Sling Blade, Panic Room, The Minus Man, Wedding Crashers, as well as South of Heaven, and West of Hell, which he directed. On TV, he also appeared in the TV series P.S. I Love You. Dwight's musical hero is, and always has been, Buck Owens. He was going to record Streets of Bakersfield, and he contacted Buck, who had retired, and he convinced him to sing the song on a TV special for CBS. The success of the studio version of that duet also led to Buck coming out of retirement and re-signing with Capitol Records. He and Dwight teamed up and toured together and played to sold-out audiences. 
After Buck passed away, he recorded a tribute album to Buck, singing covers of Buck's songs, the album called Dwight Sings Buck. As far as his personal life, he dated Sharon Stone in the 1990s. The relationship was short-lived, and in 1994, he met MTV personality Karen Duffy at a party and dated her for two years. On May 4, 2020, Dwight married Emily Joyce in Santa Monica, California, and the couple had their first child on August 16, 2020. The conversation you'll be hearing today took place in Nashville during the Country Radio Seminar in 1987. Dwight spoke about the state of country music, discussed his new album, which was about to be released, and his relationship with fans, and much more. Here now is Dwight Yoakam. Here at the Country Radio Seminar in Nashville, it's always, well, pleasure for me, more than a pleasure. It's, it's really an honor and a delight to, to see Dwight Yoakam again, the last time we saw New York, and as part of the New Faces show this week at the Radio Seminar. Congratulations first, Dwight, on the gold record last night, which Warner Brothers uh, uh, gave you in honor of uh, guitars and Cadillacs. Yeah, thank you very much, Leah. It was a, it was a uh, very gratifying evening for us, you know, because we had worked a long time, and in a short period of time this year, that album, you know, the manifestation of that work was the album went gold. And uh, I'm most pleased uh, for the the band and the fans, you know, because they, they're the ones that those numbers translate to people. You know, those 500,000 numbers that a record label looks at as, you know, figures on a paper. Uh, to me, because I'm fortunate enough to tour and, and, and come face-to-face with the reality of those numbers, which is a human being. And that, that's, you know, one of the more gratifying aspects of it for me. I think it's nice for an artist to, to have re- realize, have the realization that that's what it's all about. It's the fans and the band to take note of uh, applauding and, and also re- re- reassuring them that, uh, you know, they're, they're part of what you're doing each and every day and, and appreciate it, as you mentioned. I was just thinking, uh, I guess in this past year, as much notoriety and celebrity that you have enjoyed because of your music, uh, on the other side of the coin, there's you have a, a great penchant for letting people know exactly how you feel about the state of country music today and country radio in particular. And here at the CRS this this week, you you kind of reinforced that in a little speech you made in one of the panels you were on, and and you really made no bones about it. You are disillusioned about what's going on these days. Yeah, it's 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 a bit distressing when you hear people on panels like the one you mentioned. Uh, that are in radio, radio programmers who say they don't care if country records sell. Mm. Uh, I understand that they're not in the record business as such. They don't manufacture the records. But I, my comments basically were that I felt that um, they have a certain obligation and a loyalty to the the uh, commodity and the vehicle which which with which they sell their airtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're they would be less than uh, bright to ignore that vehicle, or they run the risk of having to, like many do, change formats every two or three years when that dries up, when they've milked it dry, Mm -hmm. go on to the next format type that will continue to allow them to sell their music. I also alluded to the fact there are stations throughout the country, like KVOO in Tulsa, who Mm -hmm. have stood behind country music for 30, 40 years, and and it's never... Uh, done them wrong. Now, there's been good and bad times, but ultimately, they don't, I don't, I think that in the long run, it's better for the station 
It gives a consistency within a marketplace mm-hmm. that people understand and, and that builds, uh, uh, builds to a certain degree a legend around the station. Your new album, that's the next project, and uh, it's been completed and will be released when? Uh, I believe the first week of April is the release date, uh, or is the target uh, week for that release. The first single off of it, uh, Little Sister, is coming out uh, in about two weeks. Oh, yeah. Great. So then I'll... How does this album differ than the first one, Dwight? I mean, you learned an awful lot from doing the first album. You were quite happy with the work that you did on that album. What have you tried to shoot for in this one? More of the same. Okay. Uh, we've tried to, in other words, forge, uh, forge steel out of the mold that we cast in the first album. Uh, this album, I feel, is a better album, but not because we changed anything, but because we did what we did better. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, uh, there's an old adage: "Do what you do, do well." And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, to indulge in those metaphors, that's what we tried to do. We pure. It's called Hillbilly Deluxe because we feel like if we're scratching the surface of Hillbilly music in the first one or screaming and waving banners about it, then we're going to go do deluxe version of it this time. Are there a combination of standards or are they all original? Yeah, there are seven. Uh, it just happens to be the same number configuration as the first. There are seven originals, uh, seven of my own songs, and three. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call these standards. There's, well, of course, Little Sister I alluded to is, is uh, uh, a Presley cut that was never it wasn't his biggest record which is one of the reasons you know we did that i've always liked the song um him being the hillbilly cat that he was we, we talked about that in an interview the other day that um also there is uh an old stonewall jackson cut which is a very obscure song uh that a lot of people probably won't even recognize but it's a great song i grew up listening to it that's why i put it on called smoke along the tracks and there's another song called uh um Always Late With Your Kisses, which Lester Brazil cut years ago. So that's a standard. Absolutely. Uh, I notice more and more we find a lot of great heritage music being cut. I don't know if you're familiar with the name Ricky Van Shelton, who is kind of the same ilk and uh, the same breed. I would call him a country singer without you know using labels or tradition. Mm-hmm. He's country. And in his album, he has chestnuts such as Harlan Howard's Life Turned Her That Way. Buck Owens' I Don't Care, which I haven't heard for since 1966, I guess. And uh, even, you know, an old Roger Miller obscure song. It seems more and more artists, such as yourself, I think, have been a, a have placed this infusion in the music uh, to remind uh, the record companies and, and the listeners today that, hey, there's a wealth of material out there that isn't being heard that's still great and it's gold and it's beautiful. And, you know, how can you not, negl- how can you uh, absolutely go buy an heirloom and just, not do it well i think that uh case in point and with a personal aside uh is honky tonk man Mm. you know obviously that kicked a big door open for me and that was a song that uh really was never a big big hit but it was just it was there for over 30 years waiting to be cut again i mean johnny horton uh tillman franks you know wrote it and horton cut it uh they released it twice on horton actually uh uh posthumously uh it went i think to number 17 was the highest and we took it you know to the top of the charts this year and um i think that again illustrates uh what you were saying that that those songs are there see this music is like blues in 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 my estimation it's it's an american colloquial art form it has parameters as does blues and it should be treated with the same respect that blues music is and and revered that way if we as artists 
do that first. It starts with the artist. We have to accept that and 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 uh, give it that respect and treat it with dignity. And then I think the reviewers and the radio people will begin uh, again to respect it and treat it with the same dignity. I think as far as you're concerned and people like yourself, uh, as far as country radio and listeners are concerned, there's been a great awareness of country music more so than any other time in its history in the past 20 years of the great country traditional songs and the artists such as the Merle Haggards and the Buck Owens and uh, the Lefty Frizzells and Stonewall Jacksons and uh, Webb Pierce and on and on and on. Yeah, I I think that um, what it, I'm I'm probably proudest of the fact that that uh, we've been able to take this music back to a young audience again and not even reawaken because they were never acquainted with this mm-hmm. music. Uh, I'm talking about people in their early twenties, uh, late teens, uh, because it's been all but gone uh, the last twenty years, the last fifteen years anyway. Since the late '60s, uh, we have introduced them to something that they had a, uh, albeit subconscious, they had a connection with, that they had a a, in uh, 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 with. By that I mean that rock and roll. There's an affinity mm-hmm. that they had with right. this music, right. whether they were aware of it consciously or not. And I think that our uh, our uh, addressing the music in the emotional way that we do has allowed them uh, to uh, be conscious of that affinity. The videos you've done are excellent. I mean, Guitars Cadillacs was a superb video. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Yeah, it was pretty erratic, actually. We shot that a lot on the road, Guitars <laughs> Cadillacs. Yeah, it was real quick edits. Different than Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man was, uh, you know, a little more um, uh, performance uh uh, with just a little slower pace and a little more uh, direct guitars was perhaps a little more um, uh, of a chronicling of the way things got like a train kind of uh-huh. rolling maybe with the engineer not always on the controls can you see yourself down the track can you envision dwight you doing movies someday or television well right now my main thrust and my concentration is on my music because that's what you know has brought me to the dance you know so to speak but We've been approached, uh, and obviously, you know, based on the West Coast, and and I think our our profile is somewhat visual, you know. Uh, fortunately for me, we've been approached with that. I was in theater in, in high school, college, mm. uh, and I would like to eventually, you know, uh, do some acting again. But right now, my main concern is is to concentrate on my music. So, when the right material comes along, uh, I I think that Willie Nelson is an example of somebody who did it in his own way and with his own uh, standards, uh, you know, and, 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 and has done it very, in a very classy manner. So Chris Christopherson too. Mm-hmm. Chris has never let it overshadow what he did musically or nor, nor Willie. And I think they've picked their projects very carefully. And I, I want to maybe, you know, take their lead and observe what they've done because I admire what they've done in terms of making that transition. I think it can be very awkward or it can be done with some class. I'm going to try and do it. Success brings an awful lot of responsibility, and one of the things that it brings is an awful demand on a person's life, such as yourself. That means supporting what you've done. People buy the record, so they want to see Dwight Yoakam and plunk down whatever it takes to see him, as far as money's concerned, in a club or a venue or a, a concert or arena situation. And that means a lot of time on the road, much like a Willie Nelson, 150, 190 days. Uh, has it been a rough adjustment? Yeah, that was probably the thing that was um, 
although you're you're aware of it and you you think you're prepared for it, you're never prepared for the reality of it. I think the reality of spending eight and a half months in hotel rooms um, is somewhat um, uh, shaking to one's you know uh, domestic foundation because you don't have a domestic foundation at that point. You're not home. Fortunately, I'm not married. It, I tell you, it it was rough on the. Uh, uh, the uh, two band members that were married men, uh, they, uh, you know, you, you're essentially married on paper at that point because you're just not there. You, you, you There is a certain obligation to maintenance relationships. and uh, But we weathered it, knock wood. And I learned from it, I hope. What what I'll, my plans are, uh, because I want to fulfill a, an obligation that I have to people that buy that record because I do want to go play for them. They bought the record, and they do want to see you're right. They want to see you, and I think they're they're owed that by an artist. But I think they're owed the artist's best when he can be out there, and I don't think that being 250 days on the road is my best when it gets to that, you know, 225th day. I think that what Dwight's going to do this year is I'll tour roughly six months this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll be out all of, uh, part of, half of March, all of April, and half of May. We'll be home for months, mm-hmm. get our bearings, right. if you will. Right. We'll go out again and do another month and a half straight, come home for a month. Part of that will be in Europe, and then we'll go out for two final months, get that month of clearing one's head and kind of relaxing. And then we'll take some time off and record this third album probably early next year. And in 88, what I plan to do is, is spend five months a year mm-hmm. and hit it hard, do a three-month burst, a month off, a two month, much like rock and roll, like right. a Springsteen would right. tour or somebody. Right. I think that that gives a quality. Right? It's the old, again, we're, we're sure. dealing in an adage that's, that's right. used a lot. And, and so sometimes in dealing with family life, sure. quality as well as quantity. You know, if you can have quality time, and that's because you can't be everywhere all the time. You can't be all things for all people, right. you know. But I'm going to try and do what I do the best I can. And, and that's our attempt this year. Monty Robbins uh, said it succinctly once, speaking about being on the road and fans. He says, fans will do anything in the world for you except leave you alone. Yeah, but, yeah. And that, that's that's probably as well as it could be put. They, they will. They'll do anything in the world for you. And and how can you ask them to leave you alone? You know, because it, knock wood, uh, I've not had any problems with any fans. We, You know, there have been a few that get a little drunk because we still play nightclubs at times. And then, How do you handle hecklers? Uh a disturbing situation when you're on. Do you have? Have you had that problem? Knock wood. I've never had hecklers uh, at this stage. Of the, when I was in bars years right. ago, when I was unknown, right. still, when it wasn't people who bought tickets to see Dwight Yoakam. See, I like to play. That's another thing. I like to play hard ticket dates mm-hmm. for that reason. I don't want anybody to come into that room mm-hmm. who didn't come here to see me, sure. who didn't want to see what I do. Uh, I just soon play to a twelve hundred seat room as to a twenty five hundred seat room if I can't sell. 2,500 seats just on my name uh, because I feel that my re- my music, this music deserves that respect and the rest of the audience that paid to see this music deserves that respect. So fortunately we don't have hecklers as such. What you'll get is sometimes in a nightclub where they're serving you know alcohol, you'll get people who've had a couple shots you know, or a couple drinks too many maybe uh, usually some males and they're trying to for the sake of a female companion Get you to indulge in, in some some uh, uh, some attention to her, to her, or 
And maybe you've, you've, and they don't understand, you've got 200 people to do autographs for, and you can spend a certain amount of time on each person because you have to be fair to all. It's almost like being a parent. Right, right. And so, sure. but, and it's like, like a parent, you don't love any more, any more or less than the other fan. You know, they're all, uh, and they're dear. They really are people who, I, you know, I'm really blessed. I mean, I, I drove trucks for a long time, and that's not, a memory that's so far removed, I've forgotten it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm living to an extent. This is a charmed existence, existence for all of us who are involved in it. You know, uh, we don't have to pick up, you know, a box that weighs fifty pounds. I venture to say there are about uh, nine out of ten. If you would ask nine out of the ten leading lights and leading forces in Nashville and movers and shakers five years ago, that uh, oh, three four years from now, there's going to be a young gentleman who comes along who's. Uh, uh, main thrust and, and, and desire is to to revitalize the rich heritage which, we, which we've enjoyed over the years, which people have forgotten about in country music. That is the great legacy of historical country music and, and the great material that was done by Buck Owens and others of, of that era. Uh, and he's going to be successful doing, quote-unquote, traditional country. Uh, they wouldn't have given you a prayer. Why do you think it happened now? Well... I think timing obviously has a lot to do with it. And I think that the time, the gods look down and smiled, I guess. If you, you know, I, I think that like anything that's true, pure, and honest, uh, it always wins in the end. I think that it, that it ultimately, I believe that. I believe that there is, there is universal justice. I think, you know, this sounds a little hokey, but I... I but, uh, and I'm not naive. I, I know that uh, there, you know, I've had the, the stars wiped from my eyes with sandpaper mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that ultimately what's right and true wins. Uh, and I spent, it, 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 success came suddenly, but certainly not quickly mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I've spent 12 years of my life. I'm 30 years old now. I spent 12 years uh anonymously bashing it out in bars getting fired for playing these same types of songs mm -hmm. uh when the urban cowboy thing was the uh the uh queen of the prom right. and uh i uh feel every dog has its day and and this will never go away see that's that was that was something and i mentioned last night i thank my producer pete anderson for being there being a voice that four years ago when Things were very, very distressing and dismal for me. Being that person at the moment and time that I needed it to say, no, you're right. You're right in feeling that, and you're right in standing behind that music. And it's just about to happen. It's going to give way because it's, it's, the dam is just about, you know, the, 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 the leaks are there and the crack's about to go. So... Last but not least, Dwight, uh, Little Sister. That was a great choice for the first single from the new album, Elvis Presley, I think. And it, you said it was not one of his biggest hits, but certainly one of his most memorable. Sure. it. Um, that song, I think, epitomizes a, 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 a musical emotion that, that Elvis recaptured a great deal of that emotion in the late 60s, early 70s when his career was, you know, uh, revitalized with the NBC special and so forth. But there was, that was really one of the last songs he cut in that movie period that had that spark, that had the guitar sound that was a very raw produced sound even for Elvis at that time because they were doing string sections and they were the whole Hollywood uh, movie soundtrack kind of era for Elvis. 
and it rocked. It had it had guts. It had um, it it had that cat edge, if you will, that hillbilly cat. Yeah. But like I said the other night, you know, people forget that for eighteen months of his career, the first eighteen months outside of Memphis, he was on the Louisiana Hayride with Johnny Horton, Johnny Cash, uh, Jim, Reeves. Jim Reeves. I mean, straight country hillbilly acts and toured in in station wagons with those people all through texas before the mania before elvis became the rock star he was a hillbilly singer is what they consider and and that's what we're trying to show with that that, 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 again that affinity right dwight i want to thank you for taking time out of a a busy week for you here in nashville and it's always such a joy to be with you and just sit and talk about your career and the music and uh, just wish you everything you wish for yourself well lee it's a pleasure to do this with you and we will take any time that I have anywhere, I appreciate your time. And uh, we held you up a little bit today, and we, we again, apologize for that. But uh, I, I sincerely appreciate all the help you've given us this past year and all the listeners on the Mutual Network. We want to thank them. Thank you. And there's our visit with Dwight Yoakam. Next week, we'll be featuring a visit with Jerry Reed. You won't want to miss that one. Meanwhile, Lee Arnold here reminding you to stay safe and keep it country.